and it was diagnosed that I had testicular cancer and at this point I, d I didn't tie anything up to this drug. The, the doctors were prescribing it, they knew it's a hormone treatment. I wasn't aware it was uh, something that messes with your hormones so months later I started to develop a pain in me for the testicle of this drug that's has been marketed as for cosmetic purposes when it was actually, and I didn't know at the time, a drug for cancer. And they're selling it to young guys. It's just unbelievable. Medical error is purported to be the third leading cause of death in the U.S., killing a quarter of a million Americans annually. 23% of Europeans have been affected by medical error. Bad science embeds ME as medical harm globally, making millions missing. But less than 10% of medical errors are reported, because medical error is the secret many healthcare systems and governments work hard to hide. Wrong medication, wrong dose, amputate the wrong limb. I am Scott Simpson, host of Medical Error Interviews and I talk with patients and families, physicians and advocates about medical error. They share secrets, stories, and most importantly, solutions. Medical Error Interviews is brought to you by my online counseling service, remediescounseling.com, a safe space for people affected by medical error, chronic illnesses, and other life matters. A note of caution, some may be distressed or triggered by the medical experiences of guests. Hello, humanity. I'm Scott Simpson, host of Medical Error Interviews. Ryan Clark had it all. Successful career, great relationships, healthy body. When Ryan noticed a bit of hair loss, like many men, he took a common medication known as Propecia to promote hair growth. Unbeknownst to Ryan, Propecia can cause post-finasteride syndrome, causing sexual, neurological, physical, and cognitive adverse reactions. In the ensuing years, Ryan's body started to break down and unfamiliar and confusing symptoms manifested. Anxiety, trouble sleeping, erectile dysfunction, memory problems but his doctors were not making the connection between Ryan's symptoms and the hair growth medication, even after Ryan developed testicular cancer. This is because very few physicians are even aware of post-finasteride syndrome. In our interview, Ryan shares the heartbreaking losses he suffered to his health, his relationships, and his career as a direct result of the medication. And Ryan shares how he's finding meaning in helping and supporting other men, in the healthcare system fails to recognize, let alone treat. If you would like to support the podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and all of the major podcast platforms. You can also support the podcast by becoming a monthly patron. Simply go to patreon.com slash medical error interviews to become a monthly patron of the podcast. And if you need the support for your own experience with medical error or living with complex chronic illness, you can book an online video counseling appointment with me through my website at remediescounseling.com.
Now, here's my interview with Ryan Clark, and a word of warning as always that some folks may be triggered by Ryan's experiences with the healthcare system. Great, thanks, Ryan. Uh, so, where did you grow up, and what was your childhood like? Um, I grew up in the northeast of England with mom and dad. I'm, I'm, I'm the middle of two sisters. Um, I had a great childhood, very loving parents, loving sisters. Yeah, we would fight over little things now and again, um, but always made up. School was great. Um, like my sisters, um, I did well at school. It, it was quite comfortable. I had lots of friends. I was heavily into sports and um, in junior school, I was the captain of the team. Um, and at high school, or comprehensive, we'll call them here, um, I, I did well. Um, I had lots of friends. Um, life was great. I just enjoyed life. At times, I, I, I would be um, chastised and sent to me room if I was a little naughty um, for whatever. I mean, boys will be boys. Uh, but generally, um, I had an idyllic childhood, and now I do look back to that to try and comfort me um, with this condition. Right, so you mentioned this condition. So what happened in your life that uh, interject or intercepted with the medical system that's bringing us to talk about what you experienced today? Um, basically, um, I was at the age of 33, um, and someone had mentioned that I, I was losing a little bit of hair on the back of my head. Um, I was a very vain, vain young lad, young adult, etc. Um, a lot of me was about uh, making the best of my appearance. So that, that it didn't bother me, but I thought, oh, I'm starting to lose my hair. But it was only the size when I articulated with mirrors, etc. It was only about the size of a five pence piece, really which is a, a centimetre in diameter. So I, I kept notes of that. And then in one of the national papers, um, a few weeks later, by chance, there was an advert for a drug called Propecia, and it was hailed in the newspaper as, as the cure for male cotton baldness. And I thought, I looked at it, the advert was it just it basically sold it as this wonder drug with no problem. So I thought, why not? I'll, I'll cut it in its in early on its path in case my hair loss gets worse, but my dad had a full head of hair. Um, and, and people in my family, my cousins, they all had a full head of hair. So I was the one that was potentially going to develop a little bit of hair loss, but I didn't expect to go bald anyway. But anyway, so off I trotted to the uh, general practitioner and got a private prescription for this drug. I got home, I, I read the leaflet, um, and basically it just said, uh, there'd be a temporary loss of libido and on cessation of the drug, um, your libido would return. I'd been in a relationship with my partner for six years, so we were over the honeymoon period, um, so I wasn't too concerned about losing my sex drive a little. So I, I started taking the drug. At the time, I, I had quite a responsible job. I managed staff. I, I just moved in there. Into a new home with me, where she would be my wife moving forward. Um, so, quite a, a lot of change going on in my life. And then, a few weeks into taking the drug, and I, I never looked at the drug or anything. I've um, never seen this as the cause. I was standing in the garden of my new, new home, and a wave 
of anxiety hitting me out of the blue. Um, I've never had anxiety on, I've never had mental health, health issues or anything that I contexted everything. Um, if anything, people generally used to tell me to pay back because I was so full of life and made, made jokes of, of as much as, as many things as I could really. Um, so this was out of the ordinary to me and it was just a wave of fear. I went to bed that night and I couldn't sleep. And again, previously, uh, I was a very good sleeper. And then my wife and me, the next year, my wife and me had tea, and I, I couldn't face it, eat me tea. I just felt physically sick. And then I was I was terrified of going into work to deal with staffing issues all of a sudden. Um, prior to this, I would, I would sit people down and, and have a chat with them. And, and, and I just had very good interpersonal skills. So things like this didn't bother me. And all of a sudden, everything was bothering me. And I, I was afraid to go out with my friends to socialize. And then one of them ran up and said, what's the matter with you? I just said, I can't come out with you. Um, and I just said, I just can't do it. So I made an appointment to the, the general practitioner who would prescribe the drug. And, and then I went and he put it down to um, my a change in job, a change in role, uh, and getting uh, the first house with my wife. I didn't have any other answers, um, so I thought maybe this is, maybe I've changed or something. There's got to be more to this than, than, than what the doctor said, but I accepted what he said because I, I had not, nothing else to go on. Um, so I was prescribed um, a course of medication to deal with the anxiety. Um, and a few weeks later, um, Things started to improve and the, the old Ryan reappeared. Um, so that's that's where I was at the stage. So um, I got back into the saddle at work and everything was contextable again and, and, and things seemed back to normal. The insomnia improved, the on, you know, onset of insomnia. I had erectile dysfunction, but that was to be expected. But I still I still felt an attraction to the opposite sex to women. I still at this point in time, I still found them attractive. I just didn't have the uh, the physical um, things that happens to men um, on on sort of visual um, things, etc. So that was that was the beginning of it. Wow, wow! So that sounds frightening and confusing, especially the onset of the anxiety when you're not familiar with that that feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I was afraid of getting to go into public areas and um, just hit everything really on that social and the social arena really um, so yes it was it was, it was like a, a hammer blow really um, but thankfully it subsided um, in approximately three weeks from the onset of seeing the gp to take some medication so and then the doctor prescribed the anxiety drugs and that helped with the anxiety and everything sort of normalized except you had erectile dysfunction correct that's exactly it yeah so when you got into this period where everything's you know okay how long did that last and when did you make the connection that it was the medication for the hair loss Right, so this is year one, um, and I, I'm, I'm a very health conscious person. I had, I had an extremely healthy diet, um, the gym, everything. Um, I was very health conscious. Um, so moving forward, um, and because of the 
conscious around consciousness around health, um, I would cycle the drug. Um, and again, I didn't tie this up. So once my hair returned to full to full coverage, I continued taking the drug, and then I have a period off because even though I didn't know if it was toxic or anything, I thought I don't want this really in my body um, all of the time. So I come off it for three months. Um, so I'd take it for nine and be off for three. So for nine on a year, I, I felt great. Um, but then all of a sudden, all of these difficulty around the emotions, the insomnia, the anxiety returned full, full blast again about a year later. So I trotted to the doctors again and he increased the dose of the medication. Things returned to normal again. And then the following year, the same thing happened. Um, so I was on an increased dose of medication. So that gets us uh, three years down the line. Um, I did notice I'd lost a little bit of strength as well, but I, the gym, I, I mean, body wasn't reacting as normal um, to exercise. I didn't really pay a huge amount of attention to it, but I lost a little bit of mass, but just these were small amounts. And I thought, I'm, I'm now in my mid-30s, is it? And I started to um, sort of go down there the other side of the peak of me health. Um, so I, I just looked at those things and, and dismissed it really. So I, I got to this point and then another year, a couple of years later, um, I started developing uh, severe pains in one of my testicles. And I went to there and I noticed that it was around the epididymis, the tube, um, and it seemed to be a, a, a very parochial, I believe it's called, um, which is very common with this condition. But um, the testicles started to shrink, and it was getting smaller, um, and I, I just kept a, an observation on it. And then I made an appointment for the GP to see the GP for something else, which was a minor thing. And while I was there, I said, well, would you mind uh, examining the testicles, please? Um, and on examination, I was referred to hospital, and they removed it. And within two weeks, sent it off to histology, and it was diagnosed that I had testicular cancer. Um, and I, I had a bout of radiotherapy, and at this point, I, I didn't tie anything up to this drug. The, the doctors were prescribing it. They knew it's a hormone treatment. I wasn't aware it was uh, something that messes with your hormones, so I was just dealing with everything on. So it was a, a, an occurrence for whatever reason. I didn't tie the, the drug at the time. So, um, and then again, I, I just got back to my normal routine. And then months later, I started to develop a pain in me for the testicle. Um, and I, I'd come off the propitia while I, I was having the treatment um, and restarted it. And I think, again, not knowing at the time, I think this moved it into the other testicle at the stopping and starting of the drug, which I wasn't aware of. Uh, I think this, this causes more problems than being on it continuously um, because it causes on the alterations to the DHT, the testosterone, it's switching it on and off all of the time. And so at this point, this is where I was, and I lost more strength. And I put this out there using a testicle um, masculinity. Um, and so I was looking at looking in different paths, and nobody in the medical field, even though in your saying Patricia, were linking it up either. Well, okay, so you got diagnosed with cancer in your other testicle as well? No, no. So I, I still have that now. I've got an ache as I'm sitting speaking, but um, 
not, not husband to the concept. But I, I have the and it's, I've got the uh, assist on the test. Mm, and how uncomfortable is that? Um, it's a prone to, uh, to getting a, a trauma. Um, and I kind of liken it to when you, you catch yourself getting off a site or if you, if you get an unexpected uh, knock on in that region for guys, it's pretty painful. Um, and that comes and goes just like that uh, quite often. Wow, okay. And so when you were reading the side effects of the Propecia originally, it said there may be a loss of sexual function temporarily when you come off it. So how did all of that play out? Well, going forward, um, I mean, I had, I had bouts where I, I would come off the Propecia, as I mentioned, and the sex drive would not return. But I, then I put it down to the the medication I was prescribed for my anxiety, so I was looking at that as the uh, as the cause rather than the picture. Basically, um, there was nothing going on in that arena between me and my wife. And looking back, it's pretty cool, really. It's pretty, but and she wasn't putting pressure on me, and and I wasn't feeling pressure because she wasn't. Um, and and we'd been together for a number of years, but still, it, it did bother me because prior I was a very Guys, I was a guy who was very interested in that part of life. I was, it was a driving force in my life up until I started taking Propecia. Um, so it's, it still hadn't returned, but I, st I still did find at this point the female form um, attractive. Well, I just wasn't getting the, uh, the physical effects of it. Um, so I wasn't too worried that I, I still found women attractive in my wife, obviously. And we started trying for a family. Um, my wife is. Uh, at this point, she, she's younger than me, and she was in her 30s. I was now in my 40s, and we wanted a family, and we were trying. And I, I was able to, to do do the deed, but I wasn't able to do the deed. That sounds awful, but I was able to do what men do, but it didn't feel right. It just felt mechanical. There was something missing, um, but I, I was still able to. She fell pregnant. Um, she miscarried. Um, it was traumatic for my wife. It was traumatic for me. Um, now I know it was probably that the, the sperm was affected by Propecia um, and we tried IVF and thankfully the selected um, from the sperm a, a healthy one and, uh, and a long kidney stone. Um, so, so we did, did have a child put up by IVF. But it is, as time was progressing, I was noticing changes um, in terms of my cognitive function. I, I would me the ability to do things was reduced. Um, I, I was very sharp. I found school very easy. Um, work life was very easy. Nothing stressed me. Um, I would see people struggling in meetings and I, I got things that people didn't get. And I, I just felt very fortunate with, with what I've been given um, to get through life. But all of a sudden, I was starting to slide, drop down the ladder a few rooms, um, fine detail. Um, I was having difficulty with my memory was starting to trouble me. Um, I'd come out of meetings and remember and not remember things that I could crisply previously. Um, and I started noticing a change in my mood. Um, I started becoming the, the fun guy was starting to erode and I was starting to be replaced by somebody that was starting to um, ruminate, um, worry about things and becoming irritable. So the yeah, original symptoms of poor pressure were starting to then come on 
on a gradual basis. Um, so they were returning, even though I was on medication. And again, Opisha wasn't tied tied as the cause at this point. Wow, it's. I was just thinking. You know, you take a hair medication. Sounds sort of simple. They market it as being, you know, not harmful. And here it's impacted so many of your different bodily systems that it's really um, sort of staggering to hear how it's impacted your life. So here the medical system is not yet connecting the dots. How did the dots get connected? Well, basically, um, as things were deteriorating, more and more symptoms were appearing for, for no reason. For instance, tinnitus, the smell was deteriorating. Some days my eyesight would be very sharp and it would be blurred. I started urinating excessively. The urine would be dark, um, despite having despite having a very very hydrated. I, I drink a lot of water. My diet is full of fruit, veg, salad, lean protein. So you'd expect my systems to be working at a at a very high level. But I was displaying displaying. Um, bodily functions of someone that, that wasn't that fit um, or somebody that had something wrong with them. Um, and I was going to the doctors and I was saying there's something wrong. And then my skin became very dry. I stopped producing, I used to have very oily skin that, 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 that stopped. And they were just coming on like switches and just changes were immediate. And then things wouldn't return. And I'd be back and forth to the doctors and they were just and then we're saying, well, you're getting a little bit older. And I was saying, but they've come on these switches. It's, it's not a gradual decline. I was sent for tests. My urine was tested. My blood was tested. And, and nothing. And I was still collecting um, prescriptions for Pulpisha. And nothing. Nobody tied it up when I was back to pause the doctors. And that's, that's one thing I, I feel a little bit let down by. Um, it was a point, and this was just three years ago, so we're now talking 17 years from me starting Pulpisha um, to find the connection. And out of desperation, I became I became sort of an armchair, an armchair medical person. I was just Googling everything. I was at a loss. And then I put in the dry skin one day and put these, um, these, these uh, different sort of surgery on search engine, and I seen Pulpisha further down the list. So I, I obviously went straight into there, and and then I seen all these symptoms that were akin to what I what I've been complaining about over years on an increasing basis. Um, and I, I was initially elated. I thought, my God, I found the answer. Um, but once I I looked into it further, I, I, I was seeing other guys um, who weren't getting better. And to me, horror, and, you know, it was a number of deaths and put it all tied in. But from the initial elation, my heart sank when I realized that there was nothing. Then I started going to the doctors saying, this has been the cause um, and I need some help. Um, and, and three years further on from that initial um, sort of correlation of, of the cause, I know further forward. And I mean, obviously, I've never took Pulpisha since. But it have deteriorated dramatically since then. Um, and it's called Pope's Finasteride Syndrome, obviously, post meaning that once you cessation, the cessation of the drug, that's, that's when things get ugly for people. Um, but I was already developing these symptoms along the way. But 
things have become dramatically worse um, and, and I've lost so much as a consequence of what it's done to me. Um, everything that I took for granted um, has been turned upside down really. I don't operate how I did. Physically I've, I, I've changed so much um, and in terms of how my brain works and the emotions, everything's, everything's just unbelievably affected I, I do. I can see why young men, older men even get to the point where they can't take it anymore and they, they, they bring in a closure to their life and that I've been there a number of times and it's all because of this drug that's that's being marketed as for cosmetic purposes when it was actually, and I didn't know at the time, a drug for cancer and they're selling it to young guys. It's just unbelievable. So Propecia was originally developed as a cancer treatment? Yes, for prostate cancer. And when they were treating patients, so all the guys, I mean, just an average man in the 70s here, the prostate cancer, they were giving them this drug and they found that it was starting to regrow hair in certain instances. Opportunity, um, I've seen it as a, so on a reduced dose with minimal, and, and I believe, so don't quote me on, on this, but with minimal um, trial data or testing or whatever, they launched it onto the market. And, and certainly when I purchased it, there was no mention of anything other than temporary loss of libido. There was nothing to say this is a cancer drug and you fancy taking it to, to regrow hair. Um, because would anybody take it if they knew that? I very much doubt. And there's millions of prescriptions being being sold um, worldwide, and there's guys coming onto this forum that I'm part of, just absolutely traumatized by the onset of life-changing, horrendous symptoms. Um, two two young lads last year and um, committed suicide within days of each other because they couldn't take the onslaught of of this symptom. Um, this that hits people out of nowhere, and generally, guys are very healthy. Very young men, um, and they just cut down um, all the night, really. Wow. It, yeah, it just impacts so many different levels of a person's life. It's not just their physical body, it's their social aspects, perhaps employment. Um, and like you're saying, the cognitive impact has been huge, too. So when you connected the doc, dots, and you went back to your doctors and the healthcare system for help and support. How did that go? I mean, some generally it was just a look as though they hadn't tied up my frequent visits, and I was coming in as the armchair uh, doctor saying, "This is this is the cause." And generally, it was, "Well, well, we haven't heard of this. Um, we don't have other people complaining." And my my response would be. Well, if you're prescribing it to all the guys, you're not going to get this problem because, again, the scientific studies that are generally crowdfunded have found out that it's the younger male population that it affects. So men under 45 um, is where they say the cutoff point is. So if you're under 45 and you're, the higher your testosterone level, the harder you get hit generally. Um, but anyway, um, so the doctors were in denial but I, I was going there with a symptom this year this isn't right this needs looking into in terms of what was happening bodily function wise and um, cognitively and they send me for tests um, and the tests as they do come back with the normal parameters 
So testosterone is normal. It's just that the receptors, the hormonal receptors in the body, and again, this has been backed up by scientific data, they get destroyed by the progesterone, by the finasteride as the, as the active ingredient. And in young men, not all young men, but some, it destroys the, re the hormonal receptors and, and other um, sort of controlling features of the body, parts of the brain, the endocrine system. Um, but the hormones that are checked are functioning normally. Um, so it's a very, it doesn't have biomarkers, finasteride, so it's very hot to pick that pin down. And that's why this has gone on for years, really, unchecked. I have a, a consultant who I've known for 20 years, and he actually said, when I told him it was Propecia, um, he said, everything you've complained about is, is classic hormonal dysfunction. How hasn't it been tied up? Once I mentioned the Propecia to him, he said, it's cut and dried, really. The symptom list, or the symptom list that guys complain of, are akin to hormonal dysfunction. Um, so he, he, he was quite shocked. And then he actually said, I wish I, I could do something to help you, Ryan. I feel helpless. And they've seen me deteriorate over the years to the point where I am now, where I, I, I've lost so much. And I'm just a shell of the person who I was. And I'm, I hung on from his son, really. And I was fear of stepping over the edge, really. I'm, I'm not brave enough to to take that action, but um, life is very, very, it's more difficult. Um, it, it's just around suffering, constant suffering. That's um, basically how it is and how it is for lots of other men. Yeah, yeah, the, the level of trauma you experience is, is really sort of repetitive. First, there's the trauma of these physical symptoms, cognitive symptoms, and emotional symptoms that you have to sort of manage. And then there's a whole other layer of trauma of realizing that the healthcare system doesn't recognize, doesn't know, really limited helpful helpfulness in this situation. Yeah, I can just understand. And then the, all the losses you mentioned. Um, so how has it impacted your ability to work and the career you had? I mean, uh I was very good at my job and I excelled and I was very highly thought of and I delivered in, in every area and I was the go-to person for quite a lot of things. Um, but I would say over a decade and now ago, I started a decline and I called in favours really. Um, I worked with some really talented people um, and, and, and good people and, and I would just ask them if they had any jobs in their area. So this was within where I worked and I started moving around different areas and, and hopefully trying to give it a go. So I did that for quite a number of years and I just got to the point and three years ago, uh, someone of uh, again, a, a close friend, if I, I could come into their area and they obviously recognised what I once had and it was to go back into operational management. So I had responsibility for quite a number of staff. Um, and I, I hope that my natural skill set would hold me to hold things together. Um, but unfortunately, it, it laid bare um, all the problems that, that I encountered. I was in meetings, I, I, I couldn't recall what, what I'd asked for, um, what the instructions were, the ability to empathize um, and bring on 
staff who struggled um, seemed to abandon me and, and I would become quite irrational with people and I, I would be different from day to day so people didn't know how I would be and I wouldn't say I'd go in angry but um, they could say I, I, I was in a distressed state and I, I would just try and hold it together so all aspects of the ability to function at work um, gradually um, fell apart and then inevitably I, I just uh, ran work and said oh, um, because of what's going on with me health and it is because of a drug because I have so much dependent on now I said this drug's just uh, basically destroying me and unless there's some treatment for us I won't be coming back to work and um, I was on the sick for quite a while while they tried to and negotiate things. I mean, my employer was fantastic. They, they looked after me as long as they could. Um, but it just got to the point where I threw the towel in. So I, I left. So it's been two years now since I've been out of work. And I do volunteer work now to try and give me a bit of purpose. But what, with that, there's no stress. It's on, it's on my terms. Um, and I just do that a couple of days a week. But it does help to a degree. But nothing changes how I feel or, or what this has done to me. It's just a distraction, a temporary distraction. So, yeah, so I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not employed anymore. And again, this is very common with this disease. Guys, um, I've lost their careers and a lot, a lot more because of this. And, and some of them had, had very um, good careers. So, the effect on, on the economy, really, even though we're maybe a small group in comparison. To, the populace, but it's got to have an effect that we go from very high functioning men to the people who are relying on the state to a degree. Yeah, it's it's a horrible situation where the government and the medical system won't recognize, refuse to recognize the problem and fix the problem in spite of how harmful the problem is. So when you found the the community of other men who have been who are who have been and are going through this. What was that experience like? Despite what I say to people, I mean, I mean I, I've lost a lot of a, a lot of friends. Well, all of my friends have gone, and again, it's, it's very common because we're not the people who were once were, um, and people don't know how to relate to this disease because a lot of it, even though I've changed physically, I've lost weight, I've lost muscle, uh, I've had a rapid a rapid aging and the rapid aging process has massively accelerated from looking very young all of my life, I suddenly um, look, look older than my years. Um, so the, the physical, the visible changes are evident, but people can't relate to the cognitive dysfunction because it's, it's invisible. Um, so a lot of people um, disappear. Um, I've got one or two friends will disappear. It's one of me and my sisters that have hung around really and my wife to do as much as she can. So basically the, the people on the forum are, are the only people who relate to what I'm saying and vice versa. Um, I go on the forum every day to check in and, and when new lads, new young guys come onto the, the site and they are absolutely traumatised and they say they're going to life, I often come out with words of wisdom and I'm saying I'm 20 years down the path and I'm still alive um, despite all of the all of the problems if you're still alive there's hope if you're if you're not alive and you take things into your own hands hope is gone and you can't can't bring that back 
play with still are. So, so I offer words of wisdom and, and support and, and sort of direction or advice around things that might help a little, just to take the edge off, which are going for walks, trying to take in scenery, trying to look at the beautiful things in the world, even though they don't emotionally, we don't get the emotions that we once did, it still takes you away from the, uh, the absolute trauma and devastation. So um, it is a community of where the guys come together to look after each other. It's, and there's some beautiful guys on there. I mean, there's one in particular who's one of the admins and I have me moments of weakness and I've said, I've come to the end of the road, I can't do it anymore. This is this is my um, sort of statement. After yourself, lads, but I'll not be here. And I've been pulled from the brinks away. And I give out words of wisdom, and sometimes it's difficult for myself because nothing, nothing turns the tide on this, and there isn't any medical treatment. Um, so, but yeah, it's me place to go to for for help at times. Um, so it, it provides us with what I don't get anywhere else. I mean, I've had therapy to try and help me to cope, and the therapist actually said. And I believe it's not psychosomatic. Everything we would suggest for an individual to do, you actually do it and, uh, and more. And, and you've done everything that should bring around a change. And, and it hasn't. And I've showed a photographs of me just a couple of years ago and where I am now. And the, the, the contrast is like dramatic. So really, I, I do provide evidence to a degree to, to support what I'm saying, but she, she just Again, when when I've been when I have been in tears at times, um, when I, I do look at the landscape and the losses it's brought on my life and and how I'm I'm hanging on for my son and the fact that I don't feel the emotions I, I should um, towards my son and the people I, I should love because again that that's hormonal related and those hormones aren't getting through so we don't feel love or happiness we're just we just put a front on, um, and it's been robbed of your soul, really. Um, and that's, that's the most terrible thing. So, at times, I don't have any moments. So, yes, yeah, so sorry, a long answer to your question, Scott. But basically, that community is it's an oasis, it's a haven for us at times. Yeah, it sounds like a, a really safe space for the men who are having these experiences to go and get the support that they need. And it, it sounds like it's uh, meaningful to you too, in that you're providing some of that support. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and when I, when I get a thank you note and, and some guys uh, outside of the forum will send personal messages, I, I get a thank you and, and saying that uh, I, I have had an effect, such a positive effect in doing the, the volunteer work, um, I've had some feedback on that from individuals and I've brought things to people's lives and if I wasn't here, um, that wouldn't have happened. And again, for my son, I mean, my son absolutely, I adore my son and, and it's reciprocated. And again, if I wasn't here, even though everything's an act on stage, I'm still bringing, bringing something to society despite um, me demise. So, that in itself is a reason to try and carry on no matter what this disease is doing, really. That, Ryan, sounds like post-traumatic growth. Okay, nice. Yeah. Uh, so for folks who are listening and are like, well, where is this forum? Because 
I need this. Um, what is the name of the form so folks can find it? And what are other or what are ways people can connect with you on social media? Um, well, it's propeciahelp.com. You can also do a search under the Post Finasteride Foundation. Um, that's also good, but the forum, forum is under propeciahelp.com. And there's a lot of material around scientific data that, that has been funded by crowdfunding because there's nothing being done internationally or, or by the countries in their, their sort of health systems to try and combat this. So it's done, it's basically funded by um, people who have been affected by this or people who have lost children or young men. So, but there's a lot of material on there and the scientific data, as I mentioned, and you just basically set up as a, as a user and you'll see right there, there's a lot of guys with sort of hints and tips around how to cope with this. I'm on there uh, as a user and I am. Um, um, is it okay to give my username or should I refrain from that? Sure, go ahead. Um, Lazarus Rye, that's Lazarus or Y. Um, so Lazarus came back and it's quite poignant to me. I've turned to religion quite a bit as well. And Lazarus obviously was was from the arose uh, again um, with um, healing from Jesus. And, and that is where I am really. So that's why I picked that name. But I'm, I'm willing to try if anybody's got any problems. I was looking for advice around this. Um, I've got 20 years in and there isn't many guys who have the experience of this condition that I have. And I think that's again why why some come to me because um, of what they try. I've already done that, uh, trial and error around foods, supplements um, to try and try and break the back of this. But nothing works generally unless you've just been slightly touched by it. Um, so I do offer a bit of advice for the generally around trying to improve what you've got and make the best of what you have, um, which is very difficult when you when your emotions are telling you everything to do is the opposite of that. And um, so it's just trying to you're running uphill all day every day, but um, at least you're still running. So yes, that's a way to contact me. That was great. Well, thank you, Ryan, for sharing your story and for the work you're doing in the community. It's super important given how the medical system is not there for you. Yeah, I mean, there is a couple of guys that are very close to on the forum that I'm in touch with, and uh, they, they all worth a mention because they keep me here in the darkest hour. And that's a couple of others, one from Scotland who I'm particularly fond of. He's, his words of wisdom are, are quite unique and um, so what I don't get from the medical world um, in terms of coping mechanisms, I do get from guys outside of the forum as well. Yeah, cannot overstate how important the community can be. Thanks, Ryan. Okay, no problem. Thank you, Scott. Well, a big thank you to Ryan for sharing his experiences and for the work he does in supporting other men who've been so impacted by post-finasteride syndrome. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. If you would like to support the podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and all of the major podcast platforms. You can also support the podcast by becoming a monthly patron. 
simply go to patreon.com slash medical error interviews to become a monthly patron of the podcast and if you need the support for your own experience with medical error or living with complex chronic illness you can book an online video counseling appointment with me through my website at remediescounseling.com